In this episode of Physically Spiritual, I will explore soil. Welcome to Physically Spiritual. I've been amazed by how much growing physically healthier has changed my spiritual life. I am captivated by discovering the truth about my body and how it reveals the love of God. Physically Spiritual is my attempt to harmonize and share what I've discovered. I'm your host, Andrew Reinhardt. Welcome back, everyone. We're continuing our series about food, and we're beginning our journey up the ladder of being today as we start, uh, no pun intended or pun intended, from the ground level with soil, with dirt. We have to begin with the statement that soil is more than a placeholder for food to grow in. Some people that approach farming or, or approach plants think that the dirt on the ground is just basically holding the plant upright, and that's it. And then a lot of modern agricultural practices approach food in such a way that they, they provide everything the food needs by applying it to the ground, not expecting it, any of it to come from the ground. But I want to talk a little bit about how this process works, what soil is, what it does, and how it affects the plants that grow in it. And then eventually through them affects us and all living things. So soil itself is really a composite of two different things. It's dirt plus life. It's geology plus biology. In a sense, you might say that soil is living stone. A geology, you might take a the, from the biggest form to the smallest form, a, a big piece of geological material is rock. Then if you break rock down into something smaller, it then becomes gravel. Then if you break gravel down even more into smaller pieces, it becomes sand. And if you break that sand down even further, it becomes silt. And then eventually, if you break it down even further and add water, it's clay. Right? Clay is to the point where the the size of the geological particles, the size of the dirt is so small that you can't even really feel the difference. It just feels smooth to your, to your hand. You can't see it with your bare eyes. It seems like one thing. But, but in essence, all it is, is is this geological material, this rock broken down into small enough pieces. And then if it's wet, it's malleable. So the, the biological element that's in soil are one, dead organisms in the form of carbon, and then living organisms. You might say that soil is, is a, an environment, a geological environment that's full of life. It's full of microorganisms. It's full of bacteria, protozoa, fungi, nematodes, bacteriophages. Soil, in a sense, is a habitat. It's a place where, where some of the, the smallest creatures live in in uh, hunt one another and, and feed and give off different forms of excrement. And it's in this living environment that plants grow. So a plant enters a mutually beneficial relationship with the culture of the soil. Meaning that, that the plant draws things out of the environment above the soil, down into its roots, and then microorganisms that that connect and communicate with the plant, receive from them, and then give something back to them. Let me just give you a couple examples of this. The first I would uh, would uh, share is, uh, it's called rhizobia bacteria. 
So this exchanges uh, carbon, especially with legumes like beans and stuff like that. So it exchanges sugar for nitrogen. So it receives carbon from the plant and gives back to it nitrogen, nitrogen that it needs to grow and build its structures. Another example would be mycorrhizal fungi. These fungi exchange, once again, carbon or sugar uh, for the nutrients of water, and they, they provide then um, nitrogen for the plant. This, um, this name mycorrhizal literally comes from this relationship, myco for fungi and rhizo for roots. So we're saying it's root fungus, but, but it enters this relationship. And, and why is nitrogen so important for us? Why is nitrogen so important? Well, it's, it's an essential piece for, for organic life. So that, that nitrogen goes into the plant and then some of it is, is sort of free, meaning attached to fiber and, and on its own, and others of it become amino acids. And these amino acids are protein. So all these amino acids digest in our bodies and then become our, our muscles and other tissues. It becomes the structure of our body in many ways. Some of these nitrogen that we eat also come to us from other microorganisms. And this is really the miracle of a ruminant animal, that they can eat grass and the microorganisms in their stomach can produce even additional nitrogen and higher quality amino acids that we can eat and, and digest and receive. But all of this starts with these bacteria with these fungi, with these microorganisms that are in relationship to these plants, providing nitrogen to them, a basic building block of life that we need to create and maintain our bodies. So all of this is to say is that, that, soil, that, that soil is more than dirt, and it's more than just a, a placeholder for your plants. But there's a complex relationship between the plant and the microorganisms living in the environment that is the soil that provides for essential nutrients that then go up the food chain to then provide for us, right? And this is why in our modern food system, we need to provide these nutrients in the form of, of chemical applications on top of the soil so that they're then provided for the, in the plants and then eventually available for us. But in a natural system, all of this happens in a symbiotic relationship. So now let's shift and think about soil. Let's think about dirt from the, the perspective of revelation, from what we discover in scripture and what we discover from the Lord. Uh, this, the, the scripture has an interesting word for this idea of soil or dirt. It's Adama. This is actually where the name Adam comes from. Adam can also be translated as humankind. So a human, in a sense, is clay plus God's breath, plus God's life, his spirit. And we see this in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. It says, Then the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and blew into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So, so soil's an environment that's dirt plus life. Human beings, we are a creature that is dirt plus life. And this process of forming man out of the dust of the ground. You know, think of it, you can think of it from one sense as sort of an immediate miraculous event that, that God did in a moment. 
or you might draw this forming man out of the dust of the ground of, of literally a process of, of growth and adaptation led by God's providence throughout a long period of time uh, as we went from these little microorganisms in the soil all the way up to the human body today uh, through an evolutionary process. So we are, in a real sense, both from a scientific perspective, but also from a theological perspective, dust plus life. It's interesting, too, that, um, that where God places Adam and then Eve is in the Garden of Eden. And in the description of the Garden of Eden, the, the scripture goes to great lengths to describe the rivers that surround it. And two of these are the Tigris and Euphrates in this fertile crescent, in this a special place where, where human society really developed for the first time, where we have the first cities, where a lot of the most basic technologies that we take for granted developed up to 10,000 years ago. So in this fertile crescent, this Tigris and Euphrates River, there's something really special that's happening with the dirt in this region. These two rivers stream all the way up from the, the Persian Gulf, all the way up through what's modern-day Iraq into uh, the northwest corner of Iran and the, the southeast corner of Turkey. And at the, the source of these rivers are the, the Taurus and the Zagros Mountains. So these, uh, these rivers pull silt, pull soil and minerals out of these mountains and then deposit that silt by floods onto the soil that, sur that surrounds these rivers in the Fertile Crescent. In this process of, of moving uh, these essential minerals into this space was the, the place where, uh, really for the first time, human agriculture could take on in mass and cities could build and we could be provided for in a new way that we never were before. So, so this is happening in this special geological, geographic place. And if you track the fall and rise of human civilizations throughout time, in many ways, they literally track the soil health. So one of the phenomenon that, that scientists have recognized is that human population will grow to what's called the holding capacity of the land. And what the holding capacity is, it's the amount of food, the amount of nutrition that can be produced by the natural environment. And so the, the holding capacity, what happens is you might have a city grow up as a result of, of a natural formation, and then they'll use a technology like irrigation or something like that to then expand the fertile territory. But then if there's some natural event that either there's less water or less rain, uh, or maybe um, uh, it could also be as a result of, of really expanding beyond the natural carrying capacity of the land, Right? And, and so what happens is then that the soil doesn't give time to rest, isn't replenished, or there's farming practices that happen that draw down the nutrients from the soil without replacing them. What you see is the population will spike, and then the civilization will begin to fall. The population then reverses. All of these are, are, are lessons that we can pull into our modern society too. <laughs> and in a sense, we uh, have created an environment where we've in a sense, sort of taking ourselves back to the garden, right? We have really kind of limitless calories available to us. But on the other hand, we haven't uh, also returned ourselves to the uh, virtue and the, the innocence and the goodness of Adam and Eve. So, so we, we struggle to flourish in the environment that we've placed ourselves in. 
when God starts to talk about uh, reforming the human heart, removing sin from us, helping us to become human again, teaching us how to love, he, from the very beginning, uses these images of, of dirt and clay. From the prophet Jeremiah, our Lord said, uh, in this, this prophecy, Jeremiah is communicating a, a vision from the Lord. He says, I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at the wheel. Whenever the vessel of clay he was making turned out badly in his hand, he tried again, making another vessel of whatever sort he pleased. So the prophet's presenting this image of God trying to shape his people, form his people, transform their lives and their hearts as this image of a potter at a wheel, right? And, and, and he tries to form it. And if it doesn't turn out quite right, he re-wets it and reforms it again. And this is this process of God lovingly transforming us. In, in the prophet Ezekiel, what our Lord says is, I will give you new hearts and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the hearts of stone from your flesh and give you hearts of flesh. Right, Taking this, this stone, right, this, this dead geological thing, and making it living once again. So it's, it's no wonder that one of the images of God's grace is water throughout the scripture. And then when God comes to us to transform us, the way he initiates it is through baptism. Through, through literally pouring new water and the water then representing the water of the life of the Holy Spirit coming into our hearts, onto our hearts of stone, literally wetting the clay again in order to, to bring us back to life. You see these, this deep, rich symbolism that the Lord is using to communicate this transformation of life that he's bringing to us in baptism, in the life in the Spirit. Our Lord also, um, uh, interestingly enough, uses images of dirt when he's talking about, um, you know, basically a sign of death, people that aren't going to receive his word. From the second book of Samuel in chapter 16, it said, David and his men continued on the road while Shemai kept up with them on the hillside, all the while cursing and throwing st stones and dirt as he went. Right? There's this, this thing about throwing dirt, throwing stones. It's like an expression of, of death, of, of corruption, of, of uh, getting away from the Lord. When Jesus is giving instruction to his followers and, and they encounter people who won't receive his word, won't receive this new life, what he says is, is, whoever will not receive you or listen to your words, this is Matthew chapter 10, he says, go outside that house or town and shake the dust from your feet. Shake the dust from your feet, right? This dust, this image of, of really, of being dead, of being ground up stone, of being dirt without life, that we need to shake the dust from our feet, shake that, that death off of us and move on to the next place, right? Bring the water again to make it clay once again so it can be reformed, so it can be brought back to life, And Jesus uses the image of soil, he uses this image of dirt as an image for his word entering into our space. This is the famous parable of the sower from Matthew 13. It says, And he spoke to them at length in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and birds came and ate it up. Some fell on the rocky ground, 
where it had little soil, it sprang up at once because the soil was not deep. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it. But some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit, a hundred or sixty or thirtyfold. Whoever has ears ought to hear. So our Lord is using this image of the soil to communicate uh, him bringing the, the true, the good, and the beautiful in the form of, of his words and in the form of revelation into the world. And the ability of that to, to transform the environment the, in order to transform the human culture, in order to, to grow in the world and, and provide what the human person really needs, right? All of this is affected by what? By the soil, as he, he's inviting us to consider what our heart is like, what kind of soil we are, what kind of place we are for the word to land. And then if we're going to then produce fruit, if we're going to become a gift for the world around us, if what God gives us will, will, will go through us as a person and this, this new spiritual thing can grow in us, his own divine life growing in us, this divinization process that, that the new covenant offers us, and then bearing fruit into the world in the form of the spread of the gospel, in the spread of the proliferation of the true, the good, and the beautiful, in the more soil, and the more stone that's dead to bring the ground back to life. And then finally, in, in our Catholic letters, in the first letter of St. Peter, in chapter 2, St. Peter says, Come to him, a living stone, rejected by human beings, but chosen and precious in the sight of God. And like living stones, let yourself be built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Right? We're, we're a stone, but we're a living stone. We're like the soil. We're dirt plus life. But we're not just built on our own. We're, we're part of something bigger. We're part of something corporate. We're part of a church. We're part of this spiritual edifice that's God's new kingdom, this new place where we're provided for, where we're, our bodies aren't just fed, but our spirits are also fed, where we're given this new life, this ultimate fulfillment of every human longing and desire, everything we were trying to accomplish on our own by building those ancient cities. Right? The, the Lord gives us in a new way not removing uh, what, what makes us human, but fulfilling everything that makes us human. But we need to let ourselves be built. Right? We need to let ourselves receive it. We need to let our hearts be softened. We need to receive the word the Lord gives us and then become a part of a people who are, who are building this kingdom together. Uh, so just to, to pull it back here and tie everything together, soil is geology plus biology. It's dirt plus life. And this creates an environment where these little organisms live and grow and create a little society that enter a, a mutual relationship with a plant that, that pulls those nutrients up, but then also provides life from the sun and from the air down. And in this exchange, both environments are enriched and blessed. And from this then the plant bears fruit that can then be ate by 
by even higher creatures up the ladder. So now let's think about what the church is. Right? The, the church is built out of the dead material of the earth. We're built out of the, the dirt, the clay, the human person, but also the church. And we're, we're invited to create an environment, a, a living space, where as organisms, as human people, we interact in a culture of love. This is called the communion of saints, holy people sharing holy things. But in this, the divine life grows out. And that, that divine life communicates, right, like the sun in the air, the grace of God, the divine spirit. And that divine life bears fruit that then goes back into the world. Right? So we enter this mutually beneficial relationship, the symbiotic relationship where the, the world is brought back to life, but also God comes down to the world. And in this, both the soil is enriched and, and the Lord's will is fulfilled. So we have this beautiful image of the church and the ultimate fulfillment where uh, what's true, good, and beautiful in God's original creation is not lost, but what's true, good, and beautiful in God's revelation is added unto it. I hope you're enjoying uh, these, uh, this series on food as we're, we're building from the ground up. We've gone through kind of a Catholic worldview, asking what food is and now the soil, and we're building up towards plant life, towards animal life, and then towards human life, talking about appetite, digestion, and diet, and then eventually digging into divine life and the Eucharist, looking at food from a theological perspective. I hope you'll continue to join me on this series of Physically Spiritual. God bless everyone. Thank you so much for being a part of Physically Spiritual. Every moment of the show you've watched, know that I'm grateful that you've given your time to this. I'm so passionate about the message that I'm trying to share, and I'm excited about the future of the show. So thank you for every like, every view, every watch, every follow, every comment, every rating you give in the show. And a special thank you to all you that are already members of the Awakened Nation. So thanks again for supporting the show.